Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller, and we talk sports with you here on a Monday as we take you up until, well, just before noon hour. Glad you're spending some time with us here today. Here's what's coming up on the program. The BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this, bottom of the hour. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic will uh, help us out with what he saw. Uh, Colorado State, Iowa, a, a game that um, Jack Campbell and Benson went off by. Gosh, what an unbelievable game that those two uh, really good linebackers had better than that. Uh, come up with a different way to describe them. They are, well, one of them certainly borders on elite, and Benz is not bad in his own right. Scott Dockerman, bottom of the hour. Uh, we will spend some time on the Ryder Cup with our friend Matt Rudy from Golf Digest about 10 minutes before 11. Bama Bob, Trent, and I will go around college football on a national perspective at 11.05. And then Michael Swain from 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com at 11.35. We'll recap Iowa State's loss to Baylor. Uh, maybe look a little bit ahead to Kansas and where the Cyclones go from here as they'll play Kansas and then get their bye week before um, resuming Big 12 play. NFL was incredible yesterday. Some amazing statement games. One of them by the Los Angeles Rams. Another one maybe by the Chargers. How about that? Both LA teams with quality wins this week. Knocking off last year's Super Bowl opponents. How are you? I'm doing great. Busy time and uh, it's a great time. It's just great to wake up on a Monday and know... We get to come in and just talk some football. Mm-hmm. And there's always other things. We got baseball on the forefront, too. But yeah, those Cardinals, my God. It just continues on and on and on. It's an annuity. Just keep betting it. <laughs> Jeez. And I've been doing it. 16 in a row. Unthinkable, right? It is, Trent. It absolutely is. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk more about the Cardinals tomorrow. We have mm-hmm. to get Brian Walton in here. I uh, thought we said goodbye to him, I don't know, a month ago or so. Well, we'll see you in the spring or talk to you in the spring, right. Brian. But the Cardinals had other plans. So uh, let's start with Iowa. They come out on the right end of the score uh, scoreboard. Uh, they improved. They get through the sub- month of September unscathed. Uh, Maryland awaits on Friday. I know that disappoints you as you'll be working. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks as well be. Uh, the bars will be packed. Right. I think that uh, bar owners in Central, well, the entire state, are in for a, the register will be ringing on Friday night. Maryland and Iowa FS1 has the television, of course, down the hall, 1040 WHO. Where do you want to start with your Hawks? I think it was Campbell and Benson. Uh, those two guys just, Trent, it was, it's so fun to watch them apply their trade, if you will. Um, just watching Campbell. Look, there's some really good linebackers in the state. This kid's in a different level. The ability for him, sideline to sideline, the speed that he shows, the anticipation that he has. There's been great linebackers that have come through. There's been great middle linebackers that have played there. But nobody built quite like him. 6'5". Right. The height that Mm -hmm. he has coupled with the speed that he has. Greenway was similar, but he played outside Mm because Hodge was the guy in the middle. When you look at middle guys, Josie Jewell, Really good player. You've seen him continue to develop at the NFL level. Trent, he is really, really um, 
becoming a an NFL linebacker mm-hmm. that's going to play 10 or 12 years until his, he tore his peck and is going to be out for the I didn't think it was going to happen. I thought he was a step slow. He's not. Abdul Hodge was a step slow. And injuries also derailed mm-hmm. him. I thought he was going to be a guy, though, that was plug and play. And kind of the evolution of football maybe hurt him. You know, if he would have been a player in the 80s and 90s, mm, I think maybe. he would have stuck yep. in the league a little bit lower. But a stick, a tick behind. And that kind of went there. That's not Jack Campbell. Oh. Jack Campbell, the way that he goes. You know, How Pat, did I would get him? Do you remember? You follow it closer than I do. So I saw him. He was at Cedar Falls. Yeah. And I saw him for the first time at State Basketball. And he was their big guy. He played the middle. They didn't have a ton of height. It was A.J. Right. Green. Yeah. Of course, was on that Cedar Falls team. And they had a bunch of good kids. I'm guessing he filled it up most nights. Yes. Yeah. It was It was a lot of A.J. <laughs> yeah. That ran the show there. But they had the Wolf kids were on those teams. And they were really good, really talented. And I watched him. And I knew he was being recruited by Iowa and Iowa State. But on the basketball But that was it? Just those two schools? For the most part, I think there were some offers that came in. But yeah, there was no Michigan or Ohio State sniffing around, nothing like that. But I saw him on the basketball floor, and I... Boy, is he athletic enough to be be a guy that plays linebacker? And I thought, well, maybe they're thinking about moving him to defensive end. And then I saw him the following year at the Unidome. When Cedar Falls made the dome, played Dowling, I think in the championship game. And him on the football field was a completely different kid. That athleticism that didn't show up, I didn't think, in a big way on the basketball hardwood, did on the football field. His ability, it was as good of a defensive performance as I had seen Mm. since Pat Anger in that championship game. It was at that kind of level that he was playing at. And they got beat, got beat by Dowling, but he was just such a difference maker. I said, okay, now I see where this is coming from because it's a different kind of dude. The ability... And it's not just him, like you said. No, and throw in Jacobs. We haven't even mentioned him. Yes. And he's going to play on Sundays. They have linebackers oh. that, if there are concerns up front, and those concerns anymore, no, Lucas Van like Ness, how, how do you find this guy? I know. Jack Campbell at least had scholarship Look at Logan offers. Lee coming in and making yes. the impact that he did. Started tight end. They moved him over. Uh-huh. Where is he going to find? And it's not only that. They have Logan Jones, who's getting healthy now. Uh-huh. He was going to be a starter. Now you add that to this Jesus. mix with its defensive line. Yep. He was a spring starter before his injury. Got hurt, yep. They have depth. They mm-hmm. have an ability to get after the mm-hmm. quarterback. Mm-hmm. We had concerns about this defensive line. Yeah, the defense, absolutely. And I think they were warranted. They lost year after year after year. Uh-huh. There was not one. There were a couple of defections. I get it. It's college football. It happens all the time. But at a school like Iowa... How you one of these years it's going to catch up, and this is the year we thought it was going to happen. Knew the sec- secondary was stout. Back seven's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Back seven's elite. Yes, it is. It really and truly is, which is why I think I was going to have their way with Maryland because they want to throw the football. Good luck, mm-hmm. and they want to throw it deep. And it's right. much like the conversation we had before the Indiana game. Indiana, their best offense a year ago. Was just chucking it deep. Mm-hmm. You want to do that against a Phil Parker defense? No. You think that's a recipe for success? Well, I hope they do. Right. Because we know what's going to happen. More times than not. Can Iowa get beat? Sure. But any team gets beat sure. deep from time to time. But if that's your game plan, you're going to go in there, and this is going to be a tongue of loyal game where he throws four touchdowns or four interceptions. What's more likely going the deep latter. all game? It's four interceptions. And we've seen that from him yeah. also in his career. He's playing at a high level. He is. This is going to be a game, and we'll talk about it, obviously, leading up to it a lot more. They're going to have to score. But I walked away. Down 14-7. The Boo Birds were out in Kinnick Stadium. You Did you that. go? No. Yeah. Had the kids. Uh, wife had to work oh, that's on right. Saturday. You said, I remember you saying that, yeah. So... Jack took a great nap. Good, was perfect. can't beat that. It was awesome. Yeah. Ella was watching, I don't know, some kid's movie. I didn't Perfect. 
She was on a different TV. It was great. And when the Boobirds came out, that whole play where Peaches threw the interception, it was dead from the start. Mm-hmm. You could see the blocking was off, didn't get a clean break off. It was just ugly. The kid made an incredible play, too. The ball stuck to his arm. For the Boobirds to come out there because... I saw a lot out of Spencer Petras. It's the best game I've seen him play this year, and it's not even close. Not even close. Right. He throws the first interception of the year, but it was his mm-hmm. best game. Mm-hmm. And one of his best games as a Hawkeye. Might have been. So his two losses are combined how many? Five points? Is that what it was? I, I, think, it's, I think it's... I mean, he lost his first two, and then he hasn't lost since. Right. Look, I get it. He's not the quarterback you think you need, mm-hmm. um, but he's effective. <laughs> And what would you rather have? I mean, look at the record. There's a great big zero beside the, in the under that L column. We talked a lot in August about the two freshman receivers, Keegan Johnson. Yeah, one of them emerged. And Arlen Bruce. And, and Bruce, the play before Johnson went mm-hmm. and scored his deep touchdown, it was, it was like a play or two. I think it was the same drive. It was that he got involved. I understand those first two games. You're playing Indiana, preseason right. top 20 right. team, and Iowa State, not putting the freshman out there right away. Right. But now... Training wheels are off. Uh-huh. These two guys have to be a part of the game plan. We're not talking a dozen snaps here. No. Nope. You need Keegan Johnson out there, 40 snaps a game. You need Arlen Bruce out there, 25 snaps a game. They're difference makers. They're important. And because of the limitations that Iowa has at wide receiver, Tyrone Tracy is a nice player. He's a nice two. Sure. Rico, Nico Regani is a nice three. Mm-hmm. Slack guy. Right. Can catch some balls. Yep. Catch 25 balls at the end of the season. Yep. That's what they are. But when those are your one and two in Charlie Jones, you need mm-hmm. more. And these guys add a dimension to this game, this team that they're going to need this week. They're going to need against Penn State. These guys now, no more. No more excuses. Kirk, I know a freshman. Make you nervous. Yeah. You know what? Seniors can make you nervous, too. Ivory Kelly Martin put the uh, ball on the ground a bunch point. in the first few weeks. You have to play these guys. To win these next two games, I believe those two guys are ultra-important for it to happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And Spencer Petras continues to take even baby steps forward. Uh, this was his best game of the year, and, uh, and we saw it last year. It took him a while to get going, and then he really got going before the season, um, sadly, ended the way that it did with back-to-back cancellations, uh, the bowl game and the crossover game against Michigan. So big, big win. Good to see it. Uh, Tim Brando, um, not the best crew. We're going to get him again on Friday night. Um, but you know what? <laughs> Friday night football... <laughs> I mean, for me, I get it. It sucks. For, for, for you, it sucks. For uh, parents of kids in high school or, or whatever uh, activity they might have going, it's, um, I get why, but boy, oh boy, it's perfect for me. Not about you, Miller. No, I know, I know, I know. I get that. Well, it kind of is, uh, at least in this chair. So <laughs> let's do Iowa State. As, as Iowa State's, um, I mean, their expectations, Trent, and they were through the roof, and we don't even get to the end of September, and they've fallen out of the top 25. Um we knew that Campbell had a lot of boxes to check. You know, an overlike box that we don't talk about with his, when we're talking about his ineptitude. Yeah, we know Buddy can't beat Ferentz. Mm-hmm. He can't beat Ferentz. We know that he struggles in week number one, and they always do. Uh, they always struggle in their first conference game. Yeah. What is he, one in five? One in five now. Uh, so, so I think that needs to be discussed more when we talk about his 
uh, struggles in the month of uh, in the month of September. Look, they don't have a second wide receiver. I sound like a broken record. They do not have that guy. What uh, Brock Purdy was doing under center on the two point conversion, Cyclone fans, you caught a huge break because had there been had that pass somehow miraculously landed in a Cyclone's hands for the two pointer, you would have got the ultimate. Charlie Brown pulled the football away because Brock Purdy's knee was on the ground. Yes, it was, and it would have gotten exposed when they went to replay and. And that knife would have just, that would have killed you. That would have killed you had that uh, been taken away from the at that point. But it was the right call. Brees Hall looks like Brees Hall again. Mm-hmm. Um, Offensive line still has concerns. Still has concerns. He, even as Brees Hall was as good as he, and this is something, was a talking point for us. The offensive line, one of the top in the country. Yeah, Phil still had him in the top Number ten. four. Number four mm-hmm. offensive line in the country. And I never saw it. No. Because I always thought Brees Hall covered up a lot of the mm-hmm. ills. They, they, I, of I think that Phil Steele forgot his zero after the four. It's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Top third of college football. Yep. Yeah, sure. But one of the top ten. Come on. No. Mm-hmm. Number four. No. Nope. No chance. And he saw that again. Because Brees Hall, when he's right, he's really right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, Brock Purdy was running for his life. They mm-hmm. couldn't block anybody. Sean uh, Foster. Oh. Yeesh. Trent, there, there's there's problems there. Schweider, I Simmons, know, I mean, and Simmons I thought was a both guy. of those guys were going to take a big step. Simmons was a guy that I really liked. I thought he was the guy that was elevating his game. He was going to be the all Big Twelve guy. He was going to be the guy yeah. they kind of lock in there in the mm-hmm. first team. He whiffed a couple of times yeah. at just very simple plays. Mm-hmm. And as a whole, the offensive line is a concern. So Purdy's out there. Running for his Ugh. life. He's trying to make things happen and do anything possible. You mentioned the wide receivers. How about this? Targets. Targets in the game. All right. Two tight ends. Allen had six. By the way, Chase Allen had his best game of the oh, year. No Not doubt. even close. Kohler had 11. Great. Hutchinson had six. Mm-hmm. And after that... Milton had one. I know he caught a pass for one yard. That was his only target. That was the only target. Skates had one target. Went deep to him and got hurt on the play. Nobody else even Don't have a second a wide target. receiver. It's a broken record. It's yeah. a major, major problem. You know what they found, and this is difficult to do? They somehow found the only punter in Australia that isn't worth a crap. Because this kid, Dunn, is awful. And this isn't just on based on one game. This has been an entire body of work. He's had two kicks that went 50-plus yards. You and I, and I think Iowa, mm-hmm. and that covered up maybe some of the ills to the punting game that they've had. He's been atrocious. Um, and special teams come back to bite him yet again. Haycock's defense in the second half, elite. The way he makes adjustments, just, I mean, they gave up the long touchdown on the kickoff return. Yep. And the long punt return that was a line drive punt, and the kid took it back, and uh, they settled for a field goal as they shut him down again. Yes, they did. Um, which is just, I don't know how he does it, the mm-hmm. adjustments that he makes. But special teams, Trent, it's it's the proverbial broken record. It is. It's, it's no second wide receiver in special teams every Monday. And why is this? We have had this conversation basically the whole time in the Campbell regime. Mm-hmm. As they're having good years, as they built up, yet... When there's a loss, it's very easy to point to one spot. And I've heard all the excuses, and that's what they are at this point. They're excuses. Right. The excuses are, well, there's a lot of teams in college football at the Power 5 level that don't have a dedicated special teams coach, which is all well and good. Fine. But when your special teams stink year after mm-hmm. year after year, it's time to look at it and say, we need to do this a different way. Not having two guys, three guys, four guys, whatever, all chip in and special teams becomes an afterthought. 
And Cyclone fans that love pointing right now, the Brent Blooms of the world, a total yardage. It was quiet this week. I didn't see much from Bloomy after this week. All the important stats. Well, the important stats are, look at return yards. There's one, there's one important stat. It's that big board at the end in the end zone. Looking at punt return yards. Iowa State in this one, guess how many return yards they had. In fact, um, return yards in the game. Um, 20. Seven. Seven. <laughs> Three punt returns for seven yards, no kickoff returns. On the other side... Oh my God! Buck yards. forty, buck thirty, buck fifty. Forty-seven in returns on the punts. Yeah, one hundred and twenty-one. Jesus, on kickoffs. There's your difference. That all of a sudden, that gap that you think is so significant because those yards matter too. Mm-hmm. I thought they brought this kid in this the, Amivas to uh, wasn't is is he the the kickoff specialist that they or I thought yeah, he was from Arizona, the kickoff specialist. No, that kid's still a senior. He's still a year away that you're talking about. Okay, so he's was not here yet. the number one kicker yet. in the country. Yes. yes yeah. Okay, he's not here yet. But gotcha. Mevis was brought in because, at the very least, all right, Asali's coming back for another year. Mm-hmm. We can... And Mevis did have some touchbacks. He did. Admittedly. But the, but it's not pounding through every single time. Every single time. Look what happened. Right. 121 return yards. Those all count. Mm-hmm. Those all count when you want to add up yardage totals. That's a big difference there. You're talking about, what, 168 yards. A difference mm-hmm. of 161 yards in the football game, just in the return game, mm. and that matters. So for Matt Campbell, I mean, it's a time. If he every all right, season finishes, they get through. They're eight and four, and right now you can point to two of the games where special teams were a concern. Yeah. Do you go out reevaluate and say yes? We need to have yeah. a dedicated special teams coach. Something or, has to happen because we've had this conversation eight times, probably. Yeah, eight games probably over the, years, yeah. over the last four yeah. years. That special teams, not it's not the only reason, but it's a big mm-hmm. reason that they've lost these games. Or is it just nope? This is what we do, and we're going to keep doing it and keep losing games mm. because of special teams. Um, I, I just can't get over how how quickly this has fallen apart. And look, the Big Twelve, there's no great team. Maybe Texas, although I mean I don't know how good Texas Tech is. Look here. I, here's what I think. I think Brock Purdy's going to play his final game in his home state, in in the Cheese It Bowl or whatever the hell the bowl game is. Mm-hmm. There's no way this team is. They're not upper echelon in the Big Twelve. Prove me wrong. I know October, Brocktober, whatever the hell you call it. This is a different team this year. This is a different Iowa State team. They they don't have the playmakers. Brock Purdy is a good quarterback and he played well. Brees Hall is an elite running back. Charlie Kohler is going to play on Sunday. Xavier Hutchinson is great. College wide receiver. Offensive line, not good enough. No. Not good enough. And if this season ends even nine and three. I don't think they get to nine and three. I don't think they do either. But even at that, because of the summer expectations. That's just it. It's going to be a, a disappointment. Mm-hmm. This was the year it was going to happen. Hell I fell, fell for it. I had them in the playoff, winning the Big Twelve and making the playoff. And this is the difference between being good. Getting to the doorstep mm-hmm. and breaking through. That's just it. It's incredibly It is. There difficult. was one more step to take. But the, do you take a look at this roster? Everybody's coming back. Thought this was going... Look, if it's ever going to happen, this is going to be the year that happened. Struggle against you and I. You and I's got the ball in their hands going down the field to maybe win the football game yeah. with, had it not been for a, for a bad a pass. Iowa takes them to the woodshed. Um they got well against UNLV. By the way, UNLV almost beat Fresno State. Yeah, they did. Um, then they get, um, 
This Bohannon kid could play for Baylor, yes. by the way. Yeah. He's a he's a nightmare, except for Haycock in the second half, who figured him out. You'll get Kansas, then you'll get a bye week, and the expectations will be through the roof. We're going to it's Brocktober, blah blah blah, and then the rug will be pulled out again. I think this is a seven, five, eight, and four team at this point. West Virginia's got a pulse. The Big Twelve, the middle of the Big Twelve, is much better. Texas is better. Mm-hmm. And how did you beat Texas last year? Tom Herman on ineptitude, right? Kansas State, you throttled them last year. Yeah. They were down they to the got exposed team. a little bit this week. They did. Will Howard but looked like Will Howard. He did. But to be fair, while K-State was exposed, maybe I need to elevate Oklahoma State a little bit. And because another I guy. thought that they were a fraud. Oklahoma State and Gundy, another team that has Matt Campbell's yes. number. Yes. There's another one that you need to check mm-hmm. off the list. And the way things are trending, this list is not being checked off very yeah. quickly here in 2021. West Virginia. That team's better. Way better. That, the West Virginia should have won. Had it not been for their own mistakes, mm-hmm. they should have beaten Oklahoma on that Saturday night. center. Yep. Oh, man. End of the season. Oklahoma. I think the Oklahoma team that you see now, much like last year. When you got them last year, Oklahoma was not Glad playing very good. Yeah. By the end of the season, yep. they were a better team. I think the Oklahoma you'll see in November is different than the one. Well, Spencer Rattler needs to get better because yeah. this is not—he's not even a top first round pick the way he's playing. Texas Tech defense stinks, but Terrible. they can still score. And Chuck is out for the. Well, they say maybe November. But I like Columbia. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, the maybe. lefty. What he's yeah. Utah State is that where he transferred yeah. from? I always liked him. He can mm-hmm. he can move the football certainly, and he can move around a little bit and make some plays. You just look across this conference here. Pretty much every single game that you point to across the conference slate is going to be more difficult than it was a year ago. Hell, it starts with Kansas. Kansas is certainly going to be better than the one that we did, saw. Did you see ago. the number? What's, what are they, 32 or 33-point favorites, Iowa State? And maybe it turns out to be like UNLV yeah, again, maybe. and they just throttle them. But you look at all these games. The Take Kansas away, the seven other Big 12 games. And I think it's pretty easy to yeah. make an argument yeah. that all seven of those teams will be better than the ones you saw in the regular season mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. And you're getting through that 6-1, and 7-0. and no. I don't know. I don't know. Doesn't feel like it right now. It doesn't feel like it. No, doesn't feel like anywhere close to that. What else from the weekend college football? Um, Without being the upsets, it was. What was your What was your biggest game? Not 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 um, not betting wise. What game stuck with you more than others? Maybe. I think Notre Dame. Yeah. Because I didn't believe in this team. Right. And what we saw the first three weeks, even as they were piling up wins, Mm -hmm. wasn't impressive. The Florida State game, looking back. It's embarrassing, but they were up 17 in that game. The Toledo game, Toledo's not very good, mm-hmm. but they found a way. And Trey Mertz is not good, Trent. No, no, and, and that's a big part of it. Yep. Now, it was still, before the kickoff return, Wisconsin had the lead. Mm-hmm. So it's not, the blowout on paper was not the way, mm-hmm. the kind of game theory who's the te- who, Who's the second best team in the Big Ten West? In the Big Ten West? Yeah. Well, it's not Minnesota. <laughs> Phil Fleck. How did they get beat? Bowling Green, my God. Awful. Bowling Green hadn't beaten an FBS team in a year. No, a five-touchdown dog for crying out loud. Just under. And P.J. Fleck, that was not mm-hmm. a well-coached game. Mm-hmm. The uh, commentators were also talking. It wasn't the normal animated. Yeah, I saw that from somebody. Yeah. No, I didn't see much of that. I saw it at the very end when they had the ball, and they I thought they had a chance to mm-hmm. take the lead. They now, got so, it twice in the last three minutes. Did they? So I saw the final one. And both times. Right away, mm-hmm. it was a pick. You know what? I'm going to say I was going to save this for for Bama uh, and you at 11:05. I think Nebraska gets to bowl game. Defense is good, aren't they? Yeah, 
Because we on Friday, that was one of the things we tossed around a little bit. If if they beat, if they don't beat Michigan State, can they find a way to get to a bowl game? You know what I think it's going to come down to, and I hope that this is the case. Black Friday, yes, for them to get to a bowl and maybe Iowa to punch their ticket to Indianapolis, have those stakes on the line mm-hmm. for that football game. Martinez makes some boneheaded plays, but boy, Trent, if if, if not for him, where would this team be? I mean, I know they got a really good defense, but they, you have to score. Right. Um, and he's it. And when he went it? down, oh, that looks significant, too. Mm-hmm. Thought, oh. Yeah. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's three and nine now. Right. Because there is nobody behind him. And, and there's nobody in the Big Ten West. Look, Iowa right now is firmly in the driver's seat for Indianapolis. This game a week from Saturday, we may see it twice. Yeah. We may see this game twice. Not a stretch here because as Wisconsin, even if Wisconsin beats Iowa and Madison, are they seven and two? Or are they more six and three? Yeah, I think the latter. I think so too. Graham Mertz is not good. Even if Iowa loses to Penn State and Wisconsin, the two games that right now on paper they are underdogs in mm-hmm. those two games. Even with those two losses, I still think they can get to Indianapolis. Oh, I do too. They're seven and Absolutely. two. Absolutely, because the Badgers. Graham Mertz. No. Yuck. That was bad. And there were times, and this is not a great Notre Dame defense. This is not a great. They got a couple of playmakers. One they of do. them was out. Uh, Hamilton, the safety, is um, is a top 15 pick in next year's draft. But it's not built like the Notre Dame no, defenses no. that we're used to no. here since There's Kelly Reimers. The linebackers and the, yeah, mm-hmm. and, the, and the front seven is not like right. it once, used, once was, right? They couldn't run the ball against them. Nope. It w- Where's the Wisconsin offensive Dude, line? That's just it. Where's that elite running back that mm-hmm. we've just grown so accustomed mm-hmm. to? Year after year after year. It's not there. And I kind of like the group of with Ferguson, a tight end, and the mm-hmm. receivers. I think they got a decent group for Wisconsin standards at the very least. But they can't, don't have anybody to get them the ball. Don't have anybody. That, well, they did. He's played for Notre Dame now. Yeah, <laughs> Jack Cohen. I'll take a timeout. Scott Dockerman coming up next. Uh, we will get into how much Ryder Cup did you watch yesterday? Uh, 11 o'clock. Okay. Till about 11.55. Yeah. Yeah, maybe another fifteen minutes. I I, uh, I watched it till about eleven forty five, and then didn't see another shot. Didn't yeah, didn't I didn't see it. another because it was such a big lead. That was now, the other part. I watched it uh, the early uh, the early uh, play on Saturday. Mm-hmm. None on none on the rest of the day. But um, college cool football, event. you couldn't get to it late. The way the late afternoon window was going, the two thirty three o'clock games, you couldn't get back to the right. No, Cup. there was just too much going right. on. Yeah. Obviously, Iowa and Iowa State playing at the same yeah, but time. Arkansas too. Clemson getting beat? Yes. ACC's not going to the playoff. Oh, no. No. I don't think the Big 12 is going to the playoff. Georgia and Alabama, a huge gap. And then Georgia. And to who? Arkansas? Well, they play Georgia this week. And they sadly, do. they're going to get killed, I think. Did you see that number? 16, 18. 18. Yes. That was a whoa. Mm-hmm. But right now, I'm making a top 25. You get the condom ballot right here. Okay. It's Alabama 1. Yep. Georgia 2. Yep. Arkansas 3. Nobody has proven Arkansas more. Three. You're talking about merits right now. Yeah. Who's better? Penn State? That Auburn Maybe. win doesn't look very good. The Wisconsin game doesn't look very good. No. Arkansas beat Texas. I know. great. Arkansas had two huge and Texas wins. Texas Yes. Two huge wins. Arkansas is three on my ballot. Doesn't mean I think they're the third best team in the country. Mm-hmm. Much like if you have Iowa at five, I don't think they're the fest, fifth best team no, in the country. No, they're top ten when it's all t- ten sure. or twelve when it's all said and done. Probably Penn State at four for me. Yeah. Where do you have? Uh, do you know another line that came out that I was surprised at? 
This, the, this, the Notre Dame-Cincinnati game is in South Bend, right? It is. Cincinnati's given points? Yeah. They're better. I mean, I hope they are. Well, I you, was surprised. I thought Notre Dame would be favored. We were waiting for chaos in college football. Trent, it's here. so boring. It's absolutely here. We're trending towards 2008. Yes. The goofiness. Yeah. Pitt beating West Virginia. We yep. were looking at yep. Missouri, at West, West Virginia. Virginia for the national championship in 2008. We're trending to that kind of season. Yeah. Is there one more big SEC school that may Ole Miss? They get their shot this week. Yeah, and how about what's the line there? Big, big. Is it? Is it, it's not three touchdowns, is it? Please don't be seventeen. I'll say. I'll say seventeen and a half. Fourteen and a half. Wow, tighter than I thought. It's in Tuscaloosa. Only fourteen. I say only. Only fourteen. And I a think half. that's. Um, Ole Miss got a chance. They got some playmakers. Yeah, they do. And the defense is better. Mm-hmm. Not great, nope. but better. Hmm. Because do you trust Bryce Young? Not yet. I don't because I saw, I, I did in the first quarter against Florida, the final three quarters. Mm-hmm. Not that he made egregious errors. Oh, my gosh. This is going to be such a great, great college football season. We talked about last this past Saturday, kind of a weird light slate of games. Mm-hmm. Buckle up. It's ramping up. Yeah, buckle up. Here we up. go. 10.30. Scott Dockerman is supposed to join us right now, but we have these commercials first. 14.60 kicks in 0106. bets off. Now back to Miller and Condon on 14.60 KXNO and 106.3 FM. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. We're late. Let's get right to Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. He joins us. Uh, following Iowa's win, a completion of non-conference portion of the schedule. I know they had that game to start the year. It does feel weird to get back to get, say to get back into the Big Ten, mm-hmm. but that's where we go. Coming up on Friday, off they go to take on Maryland. Scott Darkerman joins us. Doc Trenton, Ken, as always, we appreciate it. Um, I know that you wrote about it. Trent and I feel the exact same way. This, by a long ways. We thought was Spencer Petrus's best game of the 2021 season. Uh, what was the difference, Doc? Is he just settling in? He took a while to get going last year. Why did we see a different Spencer Petrus, a more aggressive Petrus this week? It really had to deal with what we saw from and what he saw from the Colorado State defense. I mean, this was a, a pretty physical front seven, and they were built, in a lot of cases, they were eight in the box, so they were built to stop Iowa's running game, which they did and did a good job of it. Uh, so Iowa had a lot of single coverage. So based on what Iowa had to deal with, he had to be more aggressive, and I think that's what we saw from pretty much throughout the game. And I thought he was pretty accurate down the field. Uh, he, he threw some nice balls, even those that didn't get caught, I thought were pretty good. He had one mistake, and that was it. Yep. Uh, and so by and large, I think, when it came to, do I think he can do something if he needs to? I think he can. I think he's proven it now. Um, and this was the one game where they kind of unleashed him and let him go. Doc, a uh, big part of that, of course, was the emergence of Keegan Johnson. First catch, goes for a touchdown, had mm-hmm. another big gainer later on. Train wheels off now, him and Arlen Bruce. Big part of the game plan going forward, or is it still a freshman we're talking about with Kirk Ferentz? Oh, I think they're in the in the army now with Iowa, and they have been. You know, they've kind of just been playing, uh, you know, bit roles as as they continue to catch up. But this was the type of game where they needed something more from the passing game. I mean, in the previous three weeks, uh, it was just kind of 
you know, once they got a lead, they kind of shut it down and played a little bit more risk averse. And the only way they could allow teams to get back into the game was to make mistakes. So they tried to, to limit any opportunity to make those mistakes. Now they knew they knew they needed the other day. They needed some big plays, and they got them. And I think you know their athletic ability is, is pretty high, and uh, both Arlen Bruce and, uh, and and Keegan Johnson. So I think the fact that you know Keegan got the start. Wouldn't be surprised if Arlen Bruce gets a start too, just to kind of throw him in that mix. Mm. Uh, I, but I think right now they've kind of elevated to number four and five in the receiving rotation, and if not, they they could probably get into the the primary one uh, the way things are going. So yeah, I, there's there's no question that they are a bigger and a, an important part of this passing game going forward they're going to need the offense to continue to take those steps forward don't have to be gigantic strides just keep moving in the right direction because behind them when they're not on the field i would send a uh one of the top defenses in all of college football i think we can call it that doc i'm not sure we could before the season because we didn't know what that defensive line with all the attrition that they've had over the last couple of years but they're starting to get contributions from a bunch of guys that fourth you to look at your your roster well who's that kid um and and try to figure him out because um, they're building some depth on the defensive line, Scott, and that was a major concern. Uh, this defense is going to keep this Hawkeye team in a lot of football games. Yeah, for sure. I mean, last year they were as good or better than anybody in the country, but they lost you know three starters to the NFL up front, both defensive tackles, and we talked about it all offseason that that was my biggest concern. Can they fill those holes? I thought that they could be good, but I don't know about you know, great. And I think that they're trending in that direction because they've got such great young talent. I mean, there's so many of these redshirt freshmen who are just going out there and making plays. Lucas Van Ness uh, being maybe at the top of the list, but Logan Lee, uh, Noah Shannon's being is pretty solid. And, and they've been able to take on different styles of play and still put up, uh, you know, some pretty good numbers. I mean, the combined in the last two weeks, they've had 20 tackles for loss. Mm. Uh, they've had a lot of sacks. They've, been able to get after the quarterback, but also control the running game, and then and then as long as they control the line of scrimmage, then you've got some uh, some pretty fearsome linebackers behind them that are able to Jeez. kind of clean it up. And, and so I, I like this defense a lot. I think it's as good, as, you know, maybe outside of Georgia and, and maybe a couple other teams. I mean, it's certainly a top five defense nationally, and uh, you know, and the, the the special teams I think is is really close there too. So it's just a matter of. Um, make plays when they're there. Don't make the big mistake. And uh, Iowa should should be in every game going forward. A couple of shaky moments, though, from Tory Tun- uh, Taylor, the All-American punter. Had a ball that slipped through his hand. He was able to regain it. Had a bad pun out of bounds. Not what we've seen the first three weeks out of Taylor. Concerns? Changes? Saw they went rugby style with the punts kind of going forward from there. What would you see from Taylor? Yeah, it was his shakiest performance, I think, without a doubt. And that's, uh, you know, I'm not going to say that's expected or anything like that, but it's a learning experience for him because I think in some ways he's he's been so good and it's been oh, it's almost come so easy for him, you know, that right. he hasn't had any kind of, you know, he hasn't had a blocked punt. He hasn't had, uh, you know, he's had one real rough moment, and that was last year against Wisconsin. So to shank that punt out of bounds, and they put the ball, you know, within shouting distance of Iowa, and then next or for for Colorado State, then they score. Yeah, that's that's big time. That was a really big problem for for him and for the team. So I think uh, you know, based on his, at least his maturity, he I'm sure he took it to heart, tried to under, 
just trying to understand what happened, what didn't work. And LeVar Woods is a really good special teams coach. So I'd imagine that those moments are, uh, don't happen very regularly. And, and if they do, I mean, it's one thing to shank the punt when you're, when you're at the 45. It's another thing to shank the <laughs> punt when you're <laughs> on your own goal line. No, no doubt about it. Maryland looms this week, Doc. I don't know if you've had an opportunity to see them very much. Saw the West Virginia game. That was kind of a back and forth. And now we see West Virginia uh, really give Oklahoma all that they could handle. Um, Maryland snuck by Illinois. Didn't see any of the Kent State game. But when I look at what they do well, and that's throw the football <laughs> Iowa secondary is going to be licking their chops for this game on Friday night. I think matchup-wise, Doc, Maryland's got a good offense, but they're really going to be tested against this stout Hawkeye group. In some ways, we're kind of looking at what happened in the uh, in the opener against Indiana. Now, I think uh, Tagaviola is better than uh, Michael Penix and as a passer, as a pure passer, so that does present some challenges because he does complete about 75% of his passes. And uh, so that's a higher completion percentage than what uh, Penix had. And, and he's, you know, thrown only one interception and that bounced off his receiver. He really should have been caught. So there's some, um, you know, he presents some problems. They've got some really good receivers. Uh, you know, Demas and Jarrett are um, as good of a tandem as probably Iowa will face. So I think there's the opportunity for Maryland to, to move the ball. Um, I'm not sold on them, even though they, they have run the ball well so far. They haven't played a defense like Iowa in that area. And I, I do think that they're vulnerable up front. They're not as maybe, you know, their statistics have really glow beyond some of their performance. But that said, uh, they are formidable. They have some great talent. And um, if Iowa lets them get a couple of touchdowns on them, it It'll be a more difficult climb than, than what we saw even this last week. So, um, but that said, the defense should be prepared for this. I would expect cash personnel on almost every down. And uh, so it'll be a little different when we saw it. And, and, uh, you know, but defending uh, those receivers and, and getting pressure on, on Tanga Viola is going to be critical for this game. Doc will get you out on this offensive line. Had all kinds of issues. Mm-hmm. Where are they That's at? Concerned. The development, it takes a while. We know with the Ferentz team, zone blocking, got a couple of freshmen out there. Where are you with the offensive line? And concerned, or you think it'll be fine ultimately? Uh, I was probably more on the fine line a couple weeks ago, and I'm more on the concerned line mm-hmm. now. I don't. Um, I think right now um, there, there's just been there's just been no consistency in the in the offense as a whole. They've had moments. Um, I thought, you know, as I said, Petrus had his best game. I thought the week before against Kent State, they ran the ball well. But they're, you know, they're right now they're at 3.3 yards per carry, and that's just not good enough. It's not good enough this offense. It doesn't matter if there's freshmen out there or whatever. You've got to do better, and they've got to do better. And, and that could be schematic. It could be, you know, you've got to do something to, to make people think a little bit more while they're out there, and that could be more – jet sweep action that could be you know a wildcat or two i mean just they got to do something different because they do have a a very good running back and i think a couple of really good running backs and some decent um linemen but they've got to do something here it's uh to be knowing who they have coming up i mean maryland's capable of some explosive plays penn state's a very good team uh purdue we've all seen it before they're capable of explosive plays um i was got to get better and get better quickly and uh it's so to be the running game is is gone from being uh yeah you know they'll catch up to all right they better do it now 
Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Doc, thank you as always. We will uh, talk to you a week from today. Have a, uh, a safe trip out east. Thank you, Doc. All right, thanks. Good to talk to you. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. We'll take our time out, come back, and we'll do a little Ryder Cup uh, with our friend Matt Rudy from Golf Digest. 1460 KXNO, Formance for Men. All right, welcome back. Lori Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. We're a ton late, so let's get right to it. Matt Rudy, Golf Digest. The Yanks hammered the Brits, or Team Europe, uh, just overwhelmed them. Maybe the end of an era. That's what a lot of folks that follow the Ryder Cup uh, are talking about when it comes to that uh, Team Europe. Uh, Matt Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming back on. I want to save a minute for Sparty, Nebraska. Boy, that was a hell of a football game. Really enjoyed the heck out of that as it goes to overtime. And your team prevails. But uh, does it feel like the Euros are going to have to go back to the drawing board like the uh, American team here who just dominated this weekend, maybe on the cusp of going on a bit of a streak here? Well, I mean, the, I think the drawing board, they don't have to go, go to the drawing board. The drawing board's going to come to them. I think there's a collection of players, you know, Lee Westwood and Paul, Paul Casey and Ian Poulter, you know, players that have had amazing careers in Ryder Cup, and they're all in their mid to late 40s. So the, the odds are that they're probably going to be replaced by younger players anyway. And I think some of the energy you saw in the American team room and on the course is because they had six rookies and they had a bunch of players under 30 so the strength for europe is they have a strong culture in that room with sergio and with rory mcelroy you know players that have played a lot of Ryder cups but aren't very old so i think when you know when they get some younger players they're going to see some of the same benefits the american team did this past time the domination was great 19-9 the final but more than anything it felt like yeah guys of course chugging beers and having fun with <laughs> yeah. the fans which was awesome to see on saturday morning but bryson dechambeau did he we like him now. Trent. Yeah, how, how much did he help himself this weekend? <laughs> well, I think he, he certainly helped himself because the the venue and the event allowed people to see an emotion aside from anger. You know, yeah. you, you know he could be excited. He could, you know, he could he could do things to to reveal his personality in these big outside strokes. And and I and I think that's that's just good for golf in general. You know, the more facets you can see of somebody's personality in general, it means you're probably going to like them a little bit more, but you know, that only lasts until you get the <laughs> next situation where he screams at a camera, you know, and not just Bryson, any, any tour player, you know, when you're back in your normal environment and you go back to being hyper-focused on trying to win a tour event as an individual person, you know, those kinds of things, you know, go back to the way they were. But I think, uh, uh, winning certainly does a lot of positive things too. I mean, if, if you have all that enthusiasm and, and, and chest beating and patriotism and you lose, you know, to the, by the same margins, the American team won, it doesn't heal things probably as much as doing all those things and winning too. America likes winners. That's for sure. Indeed. And Dustin Johnson certainly had the look of a winner this weekend. Was he the, it's hard to, I guess, um, pinpoint who the best player on a team that just crushed their opponent. But boy, Dustin Johnson had a had a remarkable three days on the golf course. He did. I mean, I think the the stats back it up. He was five and zero, and obviously that was a strong performance. But I think there were some underrated kinds of players. And you know, I think if you look at what, for example, what Brooks Kepka did, getting paired two times against Rom. Mm-hmm. And you know, having one of those matches and, and, and taking him to the 
to the end in a couple of matches, you know, even though that doesn't register as a full point, if you can keep the best player on the other team out on the golf course for a long time and you can be competitive in that match, you know, there's value in, in something like that too. And I think Scotty Scheffler playing the way he did with Bryson and, you know, keeping him kind of under control and on the planet, you know, those are, those are things that I think bring the team together and create a cohesive team performance in addition to the, you know, flat out winning a bunch of points. All right, let's get to your alma mater, Michigan State. <laughs> that was a hell of a game. <laughs> the second off, second half offense had some struggles, but a punt return enough as it goes to overtime. You're undefeated. I didn't think the Mel Tucker. I remember him as a Bears defensive coordinator. I didn't like the hire here. Year two, boy, he's getting it done. Where are you at right now with your Spartans? Boy, you didn't think you didn't like the hire. My wife is, is from Boulder, and we cooked <laughs> Mel Tucker from Colorado. It was really unpopular in my house, but. Um, I, 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 I honestly think that um, having a COVID year where there's no expectations and four games and kind of disarray, I think it's, it's the best possible scenario for a new coach who wants to change a bunch of things around because it doesn't feel like a bunch of things got changed around because everybody got changed around. I think that's a, that's a big thing, and I think uh, you know, creating this, this uh, warrior culture of you know, dragging people out into the water and you know, and outlasting them through effort. I mean, all, all those things are, you know, for a sort of a hardcore Midwestern kind of tough area, tough, tough, you know, that, that's, been a, that's been a trademark for Michigan State for a long time. And I think coming back to that, not only is satisfying to watch as a fan, but, the, you know, it, it, it plays a, an entertaining kind of football, that the fake punt return where you pretend like you're catching it over on one yeah, side and right. running it straight down the other side. I mean, I think just you know, watching coaches go for it on fourth down, watching them take calculated gambles, and you know, owning that kind of stuff—that's that's that's fine for sure. No doubt about it. Got a quarterback in Thorne, running back. Although Nebraska took Walker out of the game, first team that's been able to do it for the most part this week. Uh, going to be fun. Michigan, Michigan State's going to be a very big, and I think that game is in East Lansing, Matt. Correct? It is, and wow. it's on October 30th, the day before Halloween. So nice. the, Spartans, the Spartans have uh, Penn State and Ohio State last two games of the season. That Michigan game's a big one. There, there's, I, mean, I think they're going to, you know, they have a pretty good chance to win the rest of the games, but those three are going to be, those are really going to tell you where the program Indeed. is. Indeed. Hey, listen, as always, uh, for, for 20 years or thereabouts, thank you for helping us with the majors uh, throughout the entire year and the Ryder Cup as well. We sure appreciate what you do for us, Matt Rudy. Thank you. You bet. See you guys. Good to talk to you. Matt Rudy. Golf Digest as we get into the Ryder Cup. Pretty cool event. Just crushed them. I Is told you. next year? Yeah, because this, this was the this 2020. Was, this was 2020. Wow. Uh, Miller and Condon back with our two. Bama Bob, Trent, and I will go around college football to kick it off. 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM.